This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch. This is episode number 287 of the Shattered Soulstone. Shopping. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstonebooks2020. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, tablet, or phone. It is December 25th, 2020, and this is Jen. So I'm going to start with my week in gaming, because I did make time to play, um, well, yesterday and part of today, I suppose. It's really early in the morning right now. It's like 1.20 a.m. here in California. So somewhere in there I started playing some Diablo 3 and recording it. So this time, this week, I started at level 22. I am playing a softcore barbarian this time because I thought that it would be easier to do than hardcore. Sometimes with hardcore, often with hardcore, I tend to think too much about what I'm trying to do and hesitate before I move up to a higher difficulty or take on one of the boss fights or this sort of thing. So I thought if I play softcore, I won't be as worried about dying, so I might be able to do more. And we'll see how that goes. I should have some free time in the next couple of days, I hope, to uh, play some more. So I started at level 22, and I went after Kanai's Cube on hard difficulty. And those of you that have been playing Season 22 are probably well aware that the Kanai's Cube has a fourth slot during Season 22, and I wanted to see what that looked like and how it works, so I went to the ruins of Sesheron to go get it, and this was almost a terrible idea. At that time, my barbarian was not quite ready for hard difficulty, and it showed. I did run into way too many big monsters while I was in the uh, Sesheron area. One of them was uh, Alator, or however you say this, the Howling Storm. It's a purple named barbarian that appears somewhere within the structures out there and the music changes and in this case he had minions with him i mean they weren't officially minions but he brought a bunch of creatures with him and he just so happened to spawn right next to a bunch of other i think some of them were blue creatures i'm not sure or maybe they were yellow and it was a tough fight. It was a really tough fight, and I thought for sure I was going to die and have to just, you know, get up and keep trying and end up with a lot of repair costs later, but it finally worked out. And then I did the Three Guardians event. If you've, you've probably done this if you've been playing for a long time, 
It's the one where you go into this little sort of arena and a gate closes behind you and you have to fight these three Khazra. They're all purple named as well. And so each one brings, they're not exactly minions, but they're definitely aligned with each of these guardians. So you fight Talos, who is the warlord of the north, Mardal, the hunter of the north, and Korbal, chief shaman of the north. And then after you kill them off, you have to fight their ghosts and the ghost of their followers at the same time. It was an interesting fight. I've done this before, probably not at level 22, but that's where I was and it was fun. It worked out pretty well. And then I kept going, trying to find Kanai's throne room because I knew if I could find that, I was pretty close to where Kanai's cube would be located. It seems to work out that way. And I got into a battle, well, several battles actually, with those, I forgot the name of the creature, but the big rat monsters that spawn little rats that go everywhere. Those guys, and they were in groups of at least three, and sometimes it looked like there was six of them there. And, and, in addition to that, some of them were blue monsters, so they were even tougher, and there were spots where I couldn't move, even with the leap skill. And it was it was really tough, and I wasn't even sure if I was going to make it to Kanai's Cube in one piece, because it was just a lot to throw at a relatively low-level character. But I got through it. I did get killed by one of the giant rat monsters, so that would be the second death this softcore barbarian has had in Season 22 so far. And to be clear, this isn't the, like, rat collars, I think they're called, where they sort of throw rats at you and they're they're bipedal. These are the ones where the rats pop out of their back, that group. So it just was a, a huge mess and really hard to maneuver around, but I eventually got them. And at that point I decided that it would be a good idea just to run and kind of avoid a bunch of these monsters and thereby make it quicker for me to find Kanai's cube. Eventually I hit level 26 somewhere in there and I got... Uh, I found uh, Kanai's throne room, and I ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and found Kanai's cube. And once you get in there, usually the monsters don't follow you, but this time I had like this large beetle-looking thing following me right up to Kanai's cube, so I had to kill that before I could pick it up. But yeah, I got it. Sultan Cool, of course, appears and tells you stuff and laughs at you and disappears again. And I went back to town. And there was Kanai's cube. And it had four slots. And it looks kind of weird at first because I'm so used to seeing three slots on Kanai's cube, but it had four. And I didn't yet have anything I could put into it. So I figured, all right, I will find something that I can put in that. So finding Kanai's cube and picking it up gives you the Kanai's Excellent Adventure objective. It's a chapter two objective of the season journey. So that was done. So I got that part done, and then later I did another video, obviously starting out at level 26, where I left off. In between the two videos, I used some blood shards to gamble with Kadala, and she gave me Bracers of the First Men, which is a legendary item. It gives Hammer of the, Ancient, Hammer of the Ancients attacks 50% faster and deals 454% increased damage. So that was pretty cool. And I was trying to figure out, okay, what can I do now? I'm at level 26. I can't do any of these, like, chapter one, they want you to hit level 50. I'm nowhere near that. I can't do that one right now. I can't do all these things that require level 60 or level 70. So what am I going to do? So I ran through an Nephilim Rift on hard difficulty. 
And to my disappointment, it was mostly small monsters. It had those, I'm not going to remember the names of all these things, but those creatures that sort of jump out of the ground and sort of look cat-like and throw fireballs at you. It had those. It had some skeletons. It had some zombies. It had the larger skeletons that spawn skeletons. It had, you know, just all this kind of stuff. Wasn't a whole lot to work with. And so I'm picking them off as I go, trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to make this rift work? There was a total of two shrines in the rift that I was working my way through. And so I did get one of them, and I got a shadow clone who I got after I'd cleared that area because I hadn't even seen, like I hadn't gone through this little tiny section in the middle and I didn't even know there was a shrine there. So when I got there, all the monsters in the radius around it were dead. So I'm like running to try to find more monsters and my shadow clone is like standing several feet behind me like, I don't know why you called me. There's nothing here for me to kill. Eventually found her something to kill. So that worked out a bit more. And while I was doing that, I found a second shrine while the first shadow clone was still up. And then I had two of them. For a brief moment, I had two of them where the first one hadn't run out of that minute of time where they're supposed to last, and the second one had started, so they overlapped a little bit, and that cleared a lot of stuff out of the area, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best fun. I didn't die, so that was good, but it was just kind of disappointing. I wanted bigger monsters to fight, but maybe not as big as the rat-throwing creatures in the other one, because that was just really difficult when they all gang up on you, and then you look down the hall and there's more waiting for you, and that was a bit much. So anyway, I finished the rift. I don't know how long the Nephilim rift took me. It doesn't show you the time. I don't know, but I got it done, and I think by that point... I was probably at... I'm not sure what level I was at. Oh, when I finished it, I was at level 28. Forgot to mention, the Rift Guardian was Veracity, which looks like Gom and acts like Gom. So that worked out. And by that time, I was on the second level of the Rift. I don't think there were any shrines in there at all, or pylons, or you know any of that stuff. And I think I said shrines before. I think I really meant pylons. But you get the idea. They both kind of work the same way with the Shadow Clones. So the second level, I suppose, had some of the creatures you find on your way to... Uh, it's not Viridian, it's a little what he looks like before, and they have like... Some of them look like crows, and some of them look like sort of werewolf things. Those. I was fighting those. They weren't too bad. I do pretty well with those as, an, as a barbarian. So that worked out. So... Somewhere in the rift, I after I got out, I figured out I got a legendary weapon and a legendary ring. It's nothing incredibly special, because I'm still, you know, only level 28 at this point, and one of them was Leoric Signet Ring, and the other was Artif's Spark of Life, which heals for 3% of your missing life when you kill an undead enemy. So that was a kind of cool thing. I mean, I, if I find more skeletons or get a rift full of zombies and skeletons, I'm all good with this one, right? <laughs> Watch, I'll never get it again. So from there I decided to start picking off some of the smaller things in the season journey that take a while to do and can be a little tedious, but don't require me to be a certain level in order to do them. So the first thing I did was 
I noticed that the Templar that I've been using only needed one more item to have all of the boxes on his character sheet filled with items, and the item he needed was a Templar relic, which of course you can't buy from a vendor, you can't get from Kadala, you have to just find it along your way somehow, and I didn't have one. So I didn't know what else to do with that. Figured, okay, I'll just, maybe I'll run another Nephilim Rift sometime and one will appear and then I can use that and just kind of waited on it. So the next thing I tried to do was find five items with sockets so I could complete an, an objective called seasonal socketing where you have to put five gems into five sockets. They don't have to be on five different items if you've got items with more than one socket, but you have to put them in there. I had some gems, I had the little tiny gems that you start with, and that was about it. So I had, uh, my character was wearing Leoric's crown, I think, and that always comes with the socket. So I had a socket there, that was one, and then I found, uh, or maybe I got one from Kadala, something from Kadala that had one socket in it, I think it was like a blue helm or something like that, so that was two. And then I thought I had one in a chest piece but it turned out that was just a circle design. It wasn't actually a socket, so that was disappointing. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so I started like walking around to the vendors just to see if they had anything with a socket, and I went to escort the peddler. She didn't have anything with a socket. I went down the way to like the three other vendors standing around. None of them had anything with a socket. And I was kind of getting tired, but then I went back to Kadala, and she gave me a blue chest piece with not one but two sockets on the first try. And putting all of that together, I'm probably not being very clear about it, but it turned out that I had enough for five, so I completed the seasonal socketing one. I think, looking at my notes on this, because it's really hard to keep all this stuff in your head as you do a podcast, I think... What happened was with the Templar, I think when I looked through my stuff that I'd gotten in the Nephilim Rift, I think I did find a blue Templar token. So I gave him that, and that fully equipped one of my followers, and that is the Friends with Benefits objective, which is a Chapter 2 objective. So I had like two things done, and just running around all these vendors and trying to find stuff, it started to feel like I was shopping. And I hate shopping in the real world. I don't really... It's not my thing. I don't know why, but I'm just not into it. Here I was in Diablo 3 having to resort to shopping to try to get some stuff done that I needed to do. And it was kind of weird. And, you know, it it's right around Christmas. You know, I started making videos again a couple days ago. Well, yesterday? Yesterday and early today. So it was like shopping and Christmas and I'm just so tired of everything and trying to find stuff and wrap presents. And I'm sure most of you are. It's worth it, it makes people happy, but it's tiring, and <laughs> it takes some time. And running around for these little bitty objectives was also getting a little tiring and taking some time. So I continued on. I put the Spark of Life weapon, uh, I took it over to the Mystic, I was hoping to get a socket, and instead I got a plus 194 life after each kill on it, and it counted for the, in the objective Penchant for Enchants, where you replace a property on an item with enchanting at the mystic. I thought, for some reason, I thought this one meant you had to get a socket, because I guess my brain was stuck on finding enough items with sockets to put gems in, but it, any of the... any affix will do, basically, for that one. So that was done. That one was a 
chapter three objective. Then I did the change clothes one where you transmogrify an item at the mystic. That's a chapter two objective. And I think I took the chess piece my barbarian was using that had that circle on it that looked like a socket but wasn't really a socket and I transmogged it into something a lot shinier and better looking. Then I decided to try to put something in Kanai's cube because there's an objective, as many of you know, level one seasonal cubist. You extract a legendary power using Kanai's cube. It's a chapter three season journey objective. And I had a sword that was a legendary sword that I was using early on. Pretty much outgrew it by this point. Uh, I was like in a level 28 at this point. I didn't need it anymore. And I tried to go put it in the cube, but this one didn't have any like special powers on it. So the cube wouldn't take it, even though I had all of the other stuff I needed. So I'm like, okay, I'll go find something else. Eventually, I gambled some more blood shards with Kadala, and I was trying to get a replacement for Leoric's crown, which was only level 5, as well as the other sword that I just mentioned. I think it was about level 5. So I ended up with a better helmet that was yellow, and I also got a better amulet that was yellow out of it. So I put Leoric's crown into Kanai's cube, and I got the uh, level one seasonal cubist objective completed. Finally, I was making progress somewhere. And it was kind of interesting because typically with Kanai's cube, if you put in a piece of armor that you're wearing, it's gonna show up in the box designated for armor. But this time it didn't show up immediately in that box on the front of Kanai's cube because I could choose to put it in the box that the armor goes in, or I could use it in the box that has like a little asterisk or a little star on it. And the game doesn't know which one I want to put it in, so I had to go back into looking at what was in the cube, which at this point was one item, so it wasn't hard to find, and pick that one and stick it in the armor one for now. So that's how that works, and when I add more stuff I think it'll be probably intuitive to figure out what's going to go where because you can put anything in that fourth slot it doesn't matter what it is so if you get like a weapon in there and a I have a piece of armor in there now and a piece of jewelry in there and you find some amazing weapon and you're like I need this to be in the cube so I can use that as well as what I'm using on my character then you got that extra slot so I'll let you know how that works when I get there Let's see, what else was I doing? There's one more. Oh, Exquisiteness. Refor reforge a weapon property to a socket at the Mystic. It's a chapter four objective. And I tried to use the Art of Spark item because I thought, oh, you know, I did that before. It worked. I'll do that. But um, yeah, you can't switch over once you've changed an affix on a weapon with the Mystic. You can't go back and say, well, I really wanted to pick that other selection there because that, that one has a socket, and so it wouldn't let me do it. So I went back to Kadala, and I gambled with some blood shards again on a weapon, and she eventually gave me a rare yellow sword, which I took to the Mystic and made sure that I selected an Aphex to change that could result in a socket, and then just hit the button a bunch of times, and eventually I got that. So I have that done as well. That one was a chapter four objective, and that's where I'm at. Still at level 28. I feel like I got a lot done, but it honestly felt like shopping. It's like, go here, get the thing, purchase the thing over there, bring it over to that one. Oh no, not good enough. Try again. You know, it just, it just felt like the worst aspects of having to go do a lot of shopping really quick. So that's why I named the show Shopping, <laughs> because 
it just seemed fitting, you know? So that's where that was. Now, I'm gonna move on to some of the Diablo News stuff that I found while I was putting the show together today. And I'm going to start off with um, actually a little more shopping, <laughs> oddly enough. Blizzard's having a holiday sale, and you can get up to 65% off through January 4, 2021. So if you're listening to this and going, oh, Christmas is already over, well, you might find some stuff in this holiday sale that you want, or maybe a loved one wants, or maybe your friend that's suddenly interested in Diablo wants, and you can play together, or whatever. I'm gonna highlight the stuff that's specifically related to Diablo. There's a ton of other stuff in there, but here's what they have under Diablo, and you have to really scroll down to get it. So they have the Diablo 3 Eternal Collection, and it's $29.99 American, I guess, possibly Canadian. It's got the dollar sign in front. I think if you look at this same sale from another country, it's going to have your currency on there. This is, I'm just going to read what it says here because numbers are difficult for me to begin with. So it's the Diablo 3 Eternal Collection. It's usually $39.99. This time it's $29.99. And it looks like you, you get the Eternal Collection, the Battle Chest, or the Standard Edition. Like, you get to choose which one you want. If you do the Battle Chest, it's $21.99. If you do the Standard Edition, it's $14.99. The Eternal Collection has... what exactly in it here? Okay, Diablo 3. That's just basic Diablo 3 that came out in 2012. Diablo 3 Battle Chest, that's got Diablo 3 and the Reaper of Souls expansion. You could unlock the Crusader class because that came with the Reaper of Souls expansion. And it also unlocks Adventure Mode and Nephilim Rifts and all the bounties and stuff that we've been doing in Seasons for, it seems like, forever. And the other one is the Diablo 3 Eternal Collection, and that one gives you Diablo 3, the Reaper of Souls expansion, and the Rise of the Necromancer pack. So if you never picked up the Necromancer pack, you know, you could get it that way. Which, you know, if you already have Reaper of Souls and Diablo, I don't know how well that's worth it. But you could also just pick up the Rise of the Necromancer pack. And that one's $11.25 as part of this sale. It was $14.99 originally. So you could just pick that up for slightly less than what it used to be a while back when the Necromancer was launched. And that pretty much covers everything. You can also just buy Reaper of Souls. If you don't have Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls, you can buy that one. It does require Diablo 3. You can't just buy that one, obviously, and hand it to your friend and expect it to work because it's got to work off of Diablo 3. Uh, you know, it's an expansion. That's how they do. And it's $14.99 which is not a bad price. But you're also gonna find stuff in here for Stargate and Hearthstone and Overwatch has a couple of things and World of Warcraft has so many things in here. And there's also a couple of little things that have to do with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which is an Activision game, but Activision Blizzard are kind of the same now. So if you're into that, there's stuff you can get. And again, it lasts, the sale lasts in through January 4, of 2021. And now I'm going to go through and mention a little bit about the Diablo-related podcasts that have done a show since the last episode of Shattered Soulstone went up. And I'll start with Hearthstone to Hell, that's Dead Greed and Shazam. They just released episode 11. And episode 11, Shazam and Zeph talk about all the WoW news and the massive Diablo news dump this week along as what they were up to in-game 
which is pretty cool. Uh, in and out of game. Sorry, I didn't read all of that correctly, but that's what it's about. That one's released on... I'm not sure exactly. Uh, Sunday, I guess? So... A couple days ago. Pretty recent. And there's also... You know, I want to talk a little bit about Diablo Immortal. I know I did my whole previous show about it, but... Here's the thing. Now, there's... Obviously, if you've paid any attention to this at all, you've heard that there is a technical alpha. I talked about it. A lot of people are talking about it in other Diablo podcasts, I would assume. Probably on Twitch. I know people are streaming some of this stuff now. So it's out there, and you can check it out that way. Now, if you wanted to pre-register for Diablo Immortal, and you have an Android device, you can go to DiabloImmortal.com. And you can scroll down and click the pre-register on Google Play button and just, you're all set. And as soon as, you know, the game comes out, you, you'll be registered for it and it's great. And next to that is a little button, very similar to the one I just described, that says download on the App Store. And that one is grayed out. I have Mac products. I am recording this on a Mac computer. I have iOS Mac stuff, you know, my phone is iOS, my tablet is iOS. I got no way to play Diablo Immortal so far. It appears that the grayed out button showing the Apple Store at least indicates that the intent is that it will someday be available on iOS, but right now, nope. So the best I can do is see what other people are doing with Diablo Immortal because I can't, I can't access it myself. As such, Leviathan's been doing some great videos, and I know he's been streaming as well. I've seen Sphere was streaming. I haven't... I've been busy. I haven't had the time to jump in and see people's streams, but I know that what they're doing and I know what they're playing, because you can see it on Twitch off on the side if you're, like, zipping through looking for something. You know, there's a lot I assume others are playing as well. That's just two I noticed recently doing it whenever I popped onto Twitch. But Leviathan's got some videos. He's got one from December 17, and it's titled Diablo Immortal Enters Technical Alpha Testing Phase on December 17. So if you watch that, I mean, you already know that it's got a technical alpha, and you know a lot of people have gone over the main idea of it. Probably you've heard more than me talk about it, I hope. This video by Leviathan, he's got some what he calls B-roll that's got some gameplay in there, and he goes into a lot of details and stuff like that. So I thought it was kind of cool because I can't play the game yet because I don't have an Android device. So I'm going to be a little bitter about that until that works itself out. So anyway, he does have that video. All this stuff will appear in the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com so you can go ahead and click on it and find exactly the thing that you happen to want to look at. On the 15th, so before the 17th, Leviathan did a December 2020 quarterly update about itemization and the return of unique items, talking about Diablo 4. So I didn't talk about Diablo 4 at all, so if you want more information, that's a good video to check out. I looked again at the Blizzard website where they talk about Diablo Immortal and the technical alpha, one step closer to hell, as they put it. And there is in here that I didn't notice before, it's a, there's a question, what devices does Diablo Immortal support? The answer given was, we are aiming to bring epic Diablo gameplay to as many devices and players as possible. The Diablo Immortal technical alpha will be playable on Apple devices and Android devices and will have the following minimum requirements. For Android, it's CPU Snapdragon 710 slash Hisilicon Crin 810 and higher. 
GPU Adreno 616-ARM male G52 and higher, RAM 2GB of RAM and higher, version Android OS 5.0, Lollipop and higher. With Apple, it says Apple minimum requirements, iPhone 8 and higher, version iOS 12 and higher. If you have the newest version of the iPhone, you would qualify for this. It would work. It doesn't say anything here specifically about tablets, which kind of bothers me because I don't want to play it on a tablet. And it certainly looks like they've picked out what the requirements are and figured out this is the lowest tech level you can have on your Apple phone or your iPhone in order to play Diablo Immortal. In the meantime, though, the hype is huge and it's all over the Diablo Immortal account, which I was following on Twitter. They've got a short little video showing the Demon Hunter, like, doing flips and shooting monsters and stuff like that. And then there's one titled, The Queen's Spirit Led Her to Leoric, The Dead Are Hers to Rule. That one's really creepy. So I suspect that one is about a character called the Countess. I know Leviathan mentioned the Countess. There's also a really neat looking piece of art about the Countess. So I'm thinking that has to do with her and that she's in Diablo Immortal. And then there's a video of what certainly looks like the Countess because they all have this like tall, thin woman with long hair and wings, not quite the same as Lilith's wings, but there you go. And they're just kind of neat just for the art alone to check those things out. I'll put them on the show notes, like I said. Or maybe you've already seen them if you follow Diablo Immortal on Twitter and possibly Facebook. I don't do Facebook, so I don't know. And there was... Reddit did, two days ago, a Diablo Immortal Ask Me Anything with Wyatt Chang, lead designer, and Caleb Arsenault, lead producer. And there's all these questions in here about what Diablo Immortal is going to be like. It's pretty long. It looks like they answered a whole lot of questions in detail. I'm not going to read you this entire thing, but you can read it from the show notes you know, later on if this is something that's interesting to you. And some of the people that asked questions were Sphere, who is part of Danctuary podcast and also is a streamer. And I know he's been streaming. I think he's streaming Diablo Immortal. I think Leviathan has been too. He's got a question in here. Muggle Mama's got a question in here. And Dread Scythe has a couple of questions. Nine Ball shows up. Someone named Echo Hack I'm not familiar with. Lord Fluffy, who I think is also part of Danctuary. There's a lot. There's a lot of questions. And there's more people. Rex Antorax, part of Danctuary. He's in there too with at least one question. Maybe two. Wujio, another person from Danctuary, got in there and got some questions. Not Patrick. I'm not sure who that is, but uh, I don't know if he's part of Danctuary, there is a rotating cast, basically. There's a lot more in there to check out, so if you're interested in reading that, there'll be links in the show notes. And then I have a forum post, and (laughs) I know I sound like, oh, it's a forum post, but it kind of is. I was trying to find out if anyone in the Diablo forums had put something in there, kind of asking about when's it going to be available on iOS? Because that seems like a reasonable question that people would want to know if they're waiting for it on iOS like I am. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know, but I couldn't find anything like that. The title of this general discussion, it says, To people 
And then the word people is in there twice for some reason. So, to people, people who don't understand the immortal backlash. And the person that appears to have posted this is trying to sort of do a brief and slightly colorful explanation of what we experienced at BlizzCon 2018, where everyone was hoping for Diablo 4 to be announced. And as soon as everyone heard that it would not be on desktop and it would be on your phone, people got kind of angry. That's kind of where they're going with that. But there are some comments that go back and forth a bit between people, and somebody else suggests that if you actually read the comments from those immortal videos at YouTube, especially in this week, this is from 16 hours ago from the time I'm recording this, most of them still hate Immortal. Only a handful of them stop hating Immortal after they got their D4 update and actually willing to give a chance to play Immortal. It's a little garbled, but I think you get the main point from that person. There's like all kinds of people trying to analyze why do people still hate Diablo Immortal? And I think the original poster was trying to say, well, this is where it came from, so this is why they're like this, but I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what they were going for. There are pieces of that Reddit reposted into this forum. Somebody asked, do you think things would have been better if they revealed the Diablo 4 logo in the end of the Di DiabloCon? I think maybe they're referring to BlizzCon in that, but... Yeah. In any case, I'm going to close out the show right now. You have been listening to episode 287 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as on the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. We love Twitter. Come and join us and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at Shattered Stone, and my Twitter is at Onkomov. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, over 286 episodes for your listening pleasure. Dawn Forge! Woo! This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.